Hey everyone, this is Sam Culpepper bringing you the Culpepper Chronicles, where myself and special guests hope to bring you, the listener, more information in regards to self-sufficiency, fieldcraft, survival, marksmanship, gear, and theory with the aids of not only personal experience and opinion, but historical and technical documentation as well. All in the hopes to better prepare you for impending collapse and hard times to come. Now, pull up a seat and let's get down to it. Hey everybody, this is Sam coming to you with Season 3, Episode 8 of the Cold Pepper Chronicles. Um, I know it's been a hot minute. Life's been crazy. It's been moving pretty fast. Uh, I've been trying to uh, to get stuff out when I can. It's also been a bit of a, a focus shift of sorts in uh, my personal life as far as uh, what I'm able to do and what uh, I'm, I'm kind of trying to get out to everybody. Uh, that being said... I was very upfront long ago when I started this, uh, especially the YouTube channel, in that I'm only going to put out content when content's worthy of it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to just keep putting stuff out for the sake of putting out stuff and getting follows and views and, and things like that. Um, it's just not who I am, and that may be to my detriment at some point. Uh, but as it stands, I'm, I'm only going to put stuff out when I feel like it matters. Uh, because your time is precious, and if you're going to take the time to listen to me or, or watch me, then it needs to be worth it. So all that being said, this is actually a redo. I recorded this episode, or this topic anyways, back in February, um, and somehow, some way, in the phone being connected to my, my Bluetooth in my, my vehicle or something like that, it didn't actually record any audio. So it's like 30 minutes of just absolute silence. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to do a redo on that. And, uh, and for context, because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now, uh, at the time that day, I had posted a picture in a post on Instagram of a line of, of vehicles. And it was probably, it was easily three miles of, of backed up vehicles. And one thing to understand about the way Arkansas uh, interstates are is many sections for miles at a time, you have uh, really steep ditch banks on one side that are either, you know, next to a barbed wire fence into a field or a heavy wooded line that's barbed wired or even some uh, rock cut bluff area and then on the other side you're typically looking at a guardrail or or wire system of some sort Uh, they're really bottleneck and unless you're willing to just wreck your vehicle to get through a lot of that you're kind of stuck when when traffic is what traffic is so what had happened is an 18-wheeler had gotten sideways and rolled uh, completely blocking both lanes of traffic uh, northbound in that particular section of road. And because of that and the way it was laying, it was literally blocking from one side to the other completely. Like it wasn't one of those like, oh, hey, we can squeak through on this side and divert traffic around on the shoulder. Like, like there was literally no getting around this thing. And to my knowledge, traffic that was stuck there um, because everybody was piling into everybody else and, 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 you know, going bumper to tailgate, nobody could turn around, and uh, law enforcement and first responders were there trying to trying to coordinate all that uh, to get them backed up the two miles or so to the to the exit prior to that. It was taking them, you know, a, a pretty good bit of effort, and and to my knowledge, that was not cleared until about six or seven hours after the incident. So um, 
with that in mind and, and with seeing that, I want to talk about vehicle prepare, pre- vehicle preparedness um, from just kind of my point of view on things as well as what I've gleaned from people uh, like Integrated Skills Group as well as others that I've talked to and dealt with because this is one of those things where you have to consider your vehicle as your primary uh, method of transport until you no longer have it. Because no one's going to, if you have the ability to use your vehicle, get from point A to point B, uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna opt to go on foot unless you just absolutely have to. If we're just all being honest, vehicles are, are much more uh, efficient, and uh, and that's just what we're gonna opt for. So that that being said, let's get into it. So we're gonna take that specific scenario because it's a real world scenario. It's not a it's not a war zone. It's not hey I've got to turn my forerunner into a technical. It's it's nothing like that. It is it is realistically something that you could face day in and day out going to your nine to five job. Uh, and that is, you know, a traffic incident that is not life threatening to you, but you now have to deal with it nonetheless. So, uh, let's look at the first obvious thing. And that is if you can get around the, uh, the accident, if you've, if you've deemed it not something that you want to respond to, or someone else has already responded to it and you know, everyone's okay. And you just like, you need to get down the road. Uh, you need to be thinking about, do you have a vehicle that's capable by both drivetrain and, uh, and build to get around certain obstacles like that? So, for instance, if that had been more to one side than the other and there was enough uh, ditch shoulder that you could actually drive through that and you were willing to chance getting your tires tore up from, uh, from glass and debris um, because it's a situation that you just have no other choice than to get past it, can your vehicle do that? Well, if you're in a four-door sedan, uh, despite having excellent gas mileage and, and some storage capability, chances are you're not going to be able to do that. Most could, most couldn't. It depends on the area of road. I'm driving by an area right now that's pretty much a complete straight drop-off, um, and and the area that you would have to navigate is pretty daggum rough. So to get through that, you're going to have to have a full drive vehicle. You're going to have to have ground clearance. You're going to have to have tires that are capable of getting traction. Uh, and you're going to have to have the, the skills and ability to navigate through that with your vehicle. So that's going to be your, your, your primary option is to get around it. So what's your alternate option? Well, this is where pace comes into play. And this is where you can take something like a pace plan and not uh, have to or feel like you have to combine it with a military or tactical situation. So uh, maybe it's as simple as your, your routes of getting home. Well, if your primary route was the, you know, the, the interstate that you're on now, that's, that's a no-go. So now you're looking at your alternate. Well, if your alternate is, you know, the the side road that connects to the off ramp that you just passed, can you get turned around into that? And you know that that alternate route is going to take you home, and you know how to navigate it, uh, either by doing it or with maps or you know GPS if you have GPS capability uh, to route you back to your house. So that's your alternate. Your contingent would probably be to you know try and cross the median and get turned around that way. Um, Emergent's going to be hoofing it on foot. So do you have a pace plan already established? Like for me, if I was, uh, if I was actually in that situation in that side of the, the traffic, uh, and faced with that, my primary is, you know, like I said, it's blocked. It was blocked from side to side. There was no getting around it. Uh, alternate. Well, if I could get turned around, yes, I had routes planned. However, that particular bottleneck area, to get to one of those, I would have to uh, navigate traffic that's, that's backed up behind me. It is possible, but it is something to consider. So uh, let's talk contingent. Contingent is going to be, you know, 
crossing the median if at all possible. Um, in that area, I wouldn't have really been able to because um, because of the uh, the barriers to each side of the road. There's no real good way to get through those. Um, and then your contingent plan B, I guess you could say, would simply be hunkering in your vehicle. Uh, and that's something that, like, do you have enough gas to do that? Uh, that morning, it was about 28 degrees, if I remember right. Super cold, uh, dark, sun wasn't coming up for another couple hours. And uh, these people that were having to stay in their vehicle were going to be running their vehicle because they wanted heat. Uh, so do you, when you leave your house in the morning, have enough gas for contingencies like that? It takes an eighth of a tank to a quarter of a tank of gas, depending on how I drive and what I'm doing, uh, to get to my job. Well, if I left the house with only, you know, we'll, we'll say between a quarter and a half a tank, then if it took me an eighth of a tank to get to that to that extent, then I'm only dealing with a quarter of a tank after that uh, to sit there and idle. Can my vehicle sit there and idle for six hours like that? Uh, you know, I mean, that's something that you have to consider. So a good rule of thumb is to never park your vehicle with less than half a tank. That's something that I try to do. Um, we're all realistic. Like for me, I try for a half a tank. I'm realistic and accepting a quarter, but I try for, for no less than half a tank when I park. Uh, the best way to go about doing that, if you're not someone who's ever done that or considered that, is uh, if you're the type of person that goes, you know, like 20 bucks at a time or a quarter of a tank at a time or a half a tank at a time, uh, fill it up once bite the bullet, fill up your vehicle once. And then from that point on, pretend like the halfway point is empty. If you do that, then you're really not any different. And honestly, you're probably better off by doing that because you're not dealing with the sediment at the bottom of your tank. Uh, you're doing better for your vehicle in that regard, but you're no different than, uh, if you were sitting there letting it get close to empty and putting 20 or 40 bucks in it and getting, you know, a quarter to half a tank and then doing that over and over again. So, uh, do you have enough fuel to, to keep the vehicle running? Do you have fuel on board to top off if you need to? That's something that I'm lacking. Uh, I'm in the new runner right now uh, as, as I speak and I record this. I don't have an alternate fuel system. Uh, it's something I'm considering either a larger tank or onboard storage. I'm still trying to figure out a good way to do that without creating a big presence on the outside of the vehicle because I'm trying to keep the, the vehicle very low key. Um, so that's something to consider. Do you have food and water? So for me, I've got a couple of bottled water. I've got, you know, some protein bars and granola bars, that type of deal that I just kind of keep stashed in the vehicle if I need them. Uh, that would have done plenty for me. I mean, I've went full days on less food than that, especially I'm not expending any energy because I'm sitting there. Um, so do you have shelter? Um, so say you're someone who doesn't routinely keep enough fuel in their vehicle or say that just for whatever reason, your vehicle doesn't have the, the maintain capability to run at idle for a long time. That comes back to maintenance and uh, preemptive planning. Do you have something like an emergency blanket, like a full emergency blanket? They're very small, very cheap. You can buy like a 20 pack of them for $3 off Amazon. Uh, do you have a couple of those in a bag uh, that's in your vehicle? Because those will help you retain heat if you need it. They also help for if you're cold and wet from rain, if you had to get out of your vehicle to help somebody and you got back in your vehicle and for some reason, you know, you can't warm up in your vehicle, something's going on, you need to warm up and retain body heat, you can use one of those. You can hand them off to other people who aren't as well off as you uh, because, again, you know, you were there to help others. So say you are better off, say you are well off, you've got all the boxes checked. The vehicle behind you is, you know, a 90-year model clunker that has fallen apart and it just can't sit there and idle and they're freezing to death you could hand them off a couple of full blankets 
that you're not needing at the time and they you know could potentially survive you don't know how long you're going to be there um so that's something else to consider so that all kind of comes back to having a sustainment bag that's in your vehicle or with you at all times uh that's something that i've talked about in prior posts i'm going to dive more into that later on hopefully with some of the guys from uh from isg because they're kind of the ones that coined it uh and really brought it to my eyes but um the things to look for you know are, are addressing shelter water food fire survival safety those types of things so as long as you're doing that you're okay so we've talked about um what you could potentially have to do as far as pace planning we've talked about some potential scenarios for that uh let's talk about vehicle modifications i'm not heavy into this i'm not i'm not an overlander i don't drive you know like i've got a forerunner there are things that i'm going to be doing to the forerunner to make it more capable but i don't intend to go you know travel to baja or anything like that like that's not my game um but i am someone who realizes that i need to be prepared i need to get more capability out of my vehicle or as much capability as i can um, and I'm also an outdoorsman. I'm, I'm going out glassing for deer. I'm taking my kids fishing and hiking and hunting. I'm doing those things. So I want to be able to do that as well. And uh, a lot of times, you know, doing that, I don't go out with others. So having uh, recovery capability that I can leverage for myself um, is going to be high up on the list. So things to consider and things that I'm personally considering are something like, I mean, honestly, it's as simple as do you have a, a tire repair or replacement kit? Do you have a spare? Is it a full-size spare? Is it a good spare? Is it hanging out under your car and has been for 30 years and now it's dry rotted all to heck and you have no idea and when you do need to use it, you can't keep any air in it and you're no better off? Do you have a jack? Do you have signaling devices to put on the road to let people know in the dark that, hey, I'm broke down on the side of the road? The little orange you know, reflector signs that you can put out on the road and things like that. The little orange triangles, you can get them for like four for ten dollars or whatever at walmart do you have anything like that in your vehicle if you don't it's something to consider that's something that's very very simple a can of fix a flat uh i actually drove a kia forte for a little bit uh because of a job situation and had a flat and had not checked anything to to see you know what i had i just assumed because i've been driving good vehicles uh and it was a new vehicle that it would have a a spare and a tire repair you know jack uh, jack stand, uh, four way and or tire iron. And it had none of that. When you pop the, uh, pop the trunk and got to the uh, tire storage area and opened it up, there was a mini air compressor and a can of fix a flap. And I mean, that got me down the road a ways, but like, that's not, that's not a fix. That's a bandaid. So it's a good bandaid to have. Is that something that you have? Do you have a can of fix a flat in your vehicle just in case? Um, do you have the ability to repair the tire if you don't have a spare? Or what if your spare, you know, has a hole in it? and you have to repair that. Do you have that capability? Um, so that's just a real simple thing that just about anyone should have or could have in their vehicle. Uh, going beyond that, taking in an extra measure, uh, something I'm personally looking at outside of upgraded tires and wheels to get better purchase on the ground, uh, not going super crazy on size because I'm still trying to leverage gas mileage because it's a daily driver. Uh, I'll be going up a tire size. I'll be getting a more aggressive all-terrain. Um, but a winch. A winch is something that I'm going to be having uh, put on the vehicle at some point. Uh, it will be in a low profile uh, bumper top system because I don't want a big nose or you know bottom chin looking thing hanging out the front of the vehicle 
showing, hey, I've got a winch. If I've got a winch, I've got a lot more capability type thing and possibly drawing more eyes than I want to the vehicle. Um, it's going to be as low pro as possible, but a winch. So with the winch comes other recovery tools. Do you have, you know, a, a toe strap? Do you have tree straps? Do you have a block and tackle system? Do you have all those things so that even if you were alone, you could self-recover? Uh, so, you know, you have your, your block and tackle that you put onto a tree, you attach your, your hook to a tree strap on another spot. You then leverage, you know, via winch to pull yourself out of a situation that you're in. Do you have the tools and capability for that? Do you, if you live in somewhere that's, uh, really snowy and icy a lot, that's something you deal with a lot. Do you have tire chains? Um, do you have, I mean, honestly, as simple as a bag of cat litter, that's something that I keep in my vehicle. Uh, because we deal with a lot of snow and ice and that can add traction to a tire if you need to. Um, and it's a lot cheaper and, you know, oftentimes pretty dang effective compared to something like a Max Track. Do I think it's as good as a Max Track? No. Um, if you don't know what Max Tracks are, those are those uh, plastic uh, skids basically you put on the ground and you put it in front of your tire if you're not getting any traction. And your tire digs into it and it provides traction when your tire on the ground and helps pull you out. But it is something that you can keep for cheap, just a cheap bag of cat litter. Um, I'm trying to go through everything that I've got. I've got a tote of things that I keep in the back of the Forerunner. I'm trying to go through them mentally as I, as I go down the list. Um, I have a first aid kit back there. I have uh, general cleaning supplies, maintaining the vehicle, uh, fluids. So I've got um, a couple of quarts of oil, power steering fluid, uh, windshield wiper fluid, have those things uh, just for top offs to get down the road. It's not like I have a full oil change or anything like that in the vehicle. It's just to help if something happens um, to get me down the road if I need to. Um, I keep water. I'm trying to think. I've got a first aid kit. I said that. I've got shelter items. So like I said, the, the survival blankets, the, the Mylar type blankets. I've got some food. Um, the recovery kit, something I'm steadily putting together. Uh, again, fuel. Do you have uh, fuel capabilities either externally or an increased you know fuel tank? I don't know which I'll go with. I'll probably go with the jerry can, you know, full of fuel type thing. Uh, just for a cost, I would love to have a, uh, I can't think of the, the brand to save my life, but basically it's an aftermarket fuel tank that essentially doubles your fuel tank size. Um, I'd love to have that, but I'd honestly, I'd rather have it in some sort of system that's an auxiliary fuel tank where I can toggle between the two. Um, that's what I'd rather have personally. Uh, so another thing, because you have to be able to see it not something I did instantly in the forerunner is I upgraded the headlights to LEDs because it had old halogens. Uh, that's not necessarily a recovery item, but it is something that's going to keep you on the road a little bit better at night and possibly keep you from having accidents, uh, down the road. So you could see farther, see brighter, see clearer. I could see the deer on the side of the road farther than if I had just the old halogens, that type of thing. Uh, just anything to help increase your likelihood of making it home safe. So, uh, again, with that situation in mind, while you're sitting there, because I'm going to sign off, I don't want to just drone on. Uh, I'm not an expert in overlanding. I'm not an expert, expert in vehicle recovery. I'm just coming to you with, with thoughts and considerations on my end from those that I've talked to and things that I'm considering doing. Uh, with that situation in mind, if you were someone who was going down the road and you were faced with a traffic jam, uh, like I described, where vehicle traffic is backed up for you know two or three miles, uh, do you think right now in, in an honest audit of your, of yourself, your capabilities, your equipment at hand, 
do you think that you could get out of that situation? If so, great. If not, now's the time to be thinking about those things while you still have something like Amazon that you can order gear solutions to, while you still have time to practice, while you have still, t- still have time to go through that mentally and physically uh, in dry runs and, and see if that's something that you, you can leverage the capability to get out of that situation. Uh, even if you were someone who, you know, check marked, yes, I can do this. Are there things that you can improve upon? Go through, make sure you're checking your stuff, you know, every six months, every year, that nothing's expired, that everything's good, that nothing's fell over and slowly leaked. Um, just go through all these things, guys. Uh, never forget that a lot of the times you won't have the ability to call someone for help. You have to, you have to be that first responder. Um, as, in, as integrated skills groups, you know, classifies it the responder zero, you're the, the first one there with the most limited capability because you don't have a full EMS truck, you don't have a full fire truck or, or record truck or something like that. But you're there, you're there to either help yourself, help your family, or help someone else. So hope this is, uh, has been beneficial to you. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm trying to get more out. It's, it's just been crazy. Um, like I said, I'm only going to be putting stuff out. Uh, when I feel that it is uh, worthy of your time to listen to. Uh, keep an eye out on the YouTube because I'll be putting a review of the Nixie Works Light Fighter rig up pretty soon. I've still got a little bit more testing that I want to do. I also want to get a little bit more footage uh, and pictures to go in with that because I'm trying to give a little bit better quality to y'all uh, when, when you take the time. Uh, also, as just kind of a house cleaning type deal, I am getting uh, a little bit more towards the uh, provider side of, of homesteading. I'm focusing more on gardening. Um, we're coming up in gardening season, but I'm also going to be doing a lot more fishing and hunting and scouting and things like that. Uh, taking my kids out more and doing more of those things. You're not going to see a lot of the militant stuff for me. Uh, it's just not some, there are so many better resources out there. Uh, there's longhouse preparedness. There's hit the woodline.org that I'm a co uh, owner and author on. Uh, there's everyday marksman. There's Brent 0331. Uh, there's just so much more out there, guys. And there's a billion that I didn't name. And if I didn't name you, don't don't take it personal. I'm just, I, I, there's honestly so many great things out there that weren't out there when I started the Instagram page um, that do such a better job. And they have much more energy and time and ability to devote to it that uh, they're just a better resource out there than what I can provide for you. Um, I'm learning from them as well. It's not that I know everything and I don't feel the need to. Um, it's just that my current interests lie in going out and being outside and experiencing things with my family more right now, um, as well as uh, providing via hunting and fishing and gardening uh, to offset our food. That's just kind of like my personal, like, it's 2023, that's what I want to focus on. I talked about it last year. I uh, didn't really get into it like I wanted to, and this year's going to be the year for that. So stay tuned uh, for a lot more content on that, as well as checking out the uh, the my backup page which is modern day yukon cornelius on instagram uh that's where a lot of that outdoor stuff's going to be just to try and keep it a little bit less muddied uh and and cluttered on the sam culpepper instagram so if you made it this far thank you so very much for listening uh may god be with you and your family and have a good night stay safe